I've got to tell you where we are. It's quiet. We're in the Hilton Hotel down near um, the Albert Dock. And I am thrilled and privileged with a young man who, I can't lie to him, I first saw him on telly, I thought, good-looking lad. Then I heard the voice. Oh, what a voice. So good-looking and a voice. Lost his way, has got a story to tell, has got an album out, is doing a fantastic do on the 16th of February at Camp and Furnace. I am delighted to be with Anthony Russell. Hello, mate. Hello, Pete. How are you? How's it going? I'm good, you know. I was looking at some of your videos today. You haven't changed a lot facially. You you changed differently, but you haven't sort of lost your looks, which is great. Thank you, yeah. I'm um, I'm doing a lot of uh, work on construction. I'm just doing a lot of training, um, staying sober. I've been healing a lot and just taking it day by day, mate, making the days count, working hard on music and... um, you know, we've seen each other in the Echo Awards. That was a blast, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and, you know, we we always bump into each other, don't we? We've um, we seen each other in the new Met Quarter. You know, um, just by... I was with a guitar player and we got a photo there to me as well. Um, so it's been kind of funny. But, yeah, since since X Factor, mate, I've just been getting sober, um, getting grateful, a lot of gratitude for all the support and the love on the way. And just, yeah, just... Sticking to it, mate, and uh, getting creative. Anthony, I want to tell the story. I want to have the story on this podcast for people to listen because it is amazing the way you've turned things around. It has been a journey and a half. It's easy to talk about it. Nobody knows the pain you've gone through. People out there who are doing drugs and uh, drinking and, and gambling and all the other problems, addictions, they will know what you are going through and what you've been through and to stay sober and to stay drug-free is fantastic. Let's start at the beginning. Good-looking lad. Went to uh, the auditions. A real Liverpool voice. You have no qualms. You are proud of who you are, and you went on that television. And Sharon Osbourne, I remember saying to you, why have you got a black eye? What's happened? (laughs) Do you remember that? I did, yeah. Um... I went on there, the, you know, the week before, once it got sparked out, you know, kids said to me, um, I, d- I don't, I got a- I got asked through a Facebook message and I just lost my job on the railway and um, I was having a, a bit of mad times of being a father, um, struggling, you know, I was a deadbeat dad and, um, you know, I was having quarrels with the baby's mum and she's a great mum, she's, she's looked after our daughter, she's... Raised our daughter who she is, you know, a lot of respect and love for her. And at the time, I was just lost in life, mate. I'd been kicked out. I was in and out of hostels. I just lost my job on the railway. And my head was gone. And I got this message on Facebook. And it was um, people looking for talent, you know, for the show X Factor. So I thought, you know, they said to me, we've been looking at your videos and watching you. Would you like to come on the show? We think you've got a good chance, you know. Let's take it a bit further. And he's a talent. People who help talent, you know, get on and get opportunities. So I thought this was a wind-up. I said, how far am I going to get? Because, you know, it's got to be a hoax or it's got to be rigged. And he went, no, you best... You've just got to take that chance. We can get you an audition. There's auditions going, producing auditions in Liverpool. 
And if you're successful, the judges will be in town in about six weeks. So I said, I right, sound. Now so, let me stop you and ask, did you tell any of your mates you're not going to believe what happened or did you keep it to yourself? For X Factor? Yeah. Uh, no, initially over the, the auditions. No. Not the producer one, no, because at the time, mate, you know... Because your mates would have gone, what? Yeah. Are you going for that again, lad? Because this is ten years on from yeah. when I went on it, when I was a kid, yeah. when I was, you know, 17. And I'm 27 now, and, lad, I had... I had pub gigs going for me, lad, where I'd sing for two forty-fives and get, like, 70, 80 quid. You know what I mean? And I went to the producer's audition and he, he weren't bothered about the black eye. I had, like, a rab fleece on, Nike trousers, keck, sorry, trackies, and uh, Nike trainees. And he said, what songs have you got, mate? And I said, um, I've got Oasis, Live Forever. I've got Amy Winehouse, you know I'm no good. Um, I've got... A song here that's quite new, Issues, Julia Michaels. He said, just listen to that. So I sang it, and, like, I was doing about 45 seconds when it went, sound, put the laptop down, sound, lads, we'll be in touch. But he was London. He weren't speaking like that. He just said, that's great, mate. We'll be in touch. <laughs> you know I mean? So I thought, sound, mate. And I was with two friends of mine, and I was with um, Rakeem Abaru and... Um, it's going to sound so rude, this, but there was a girl who I'd just known who was doing bits of interviewing, you know, mm-hmm. a bit like what you're doing, but I forget her name, and I haven't seen her since 2017, 18, and I'm so sorry I forget her name, man. Um, she's from Toxted Ways, but she's a boss girl. She does a bit of singing as well. I met her through Peter Sincere. Do you know Peter Sincere? I know him, yeah. Yeah, man. So then... This was, you know, Peter. I was rolling with Peter Sincere as well in Bold's management. You know, I weren't getting managed by Bold's, but I was doing bits of acting yeah, and yeah. recording songs that I was writing mm. at that time in the summer 2017. So I'm doing hosting in the Fusion Boxing and I've got a black eye and a tacky suit and John Carragher, Jamie Carragher's brother's fighting and he's from Booter like me, Pete. And <laughs> he's having a fight. And um, he wins, obviously. And I'm singing in the ring with this black eye. And this is the type of stuff I was doing. MCing for, like, boxing shows, you know, white knuckle, you know what I mean, charities mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I was thinking to John, oh, I might get on it tonight, lads. You know, I don't think X Factor are going to get on me. And we made John Porter. He knew from where he knew from when I got the message on Facebook and he went, go for it, lad. He said, go for it. Now, said, let me stop you there. So... We've picked the song, you think you know what's going to go, you don't think you're going to go because you've got a black eye. Yeah. Computer's closed down, you're ready, you know what's happening. Let's go back to the first time. Were you thinking about the first time? Were you thinking about when you were 15? Um, no, I was... A lady who used to teach me dancing, a Greek dance teacher from Hubert College, that's where I was going at that time, she put me forward for it. Alex, her name was, and she used to smoke Marlboro Gold, and I, she used to save me half. And I was on, yeah, I, and I was on EMA at that time. I used to get 30 quid EMA. And she said, you're ready for X Factor. Why don't you do this? Because she see me hanging around with my mates in the King's Park opposite. And we used to get drunk. We used to get... So on, you're 15, getting drunk, having weed. Yeah, seven, 17. She, 17. Yeah, yeah. She then saw you. She said you should go in the X Factor. Mm. She put you forward, was it? She put me forward, mate, and 
that was just a blur. Like the way I was acting and all that. I didn't I didn't think, right, I'm 17 here now. I've left school. If I play my cards right and I be myself and I act as, you know, genuine as I can, maybe I could get something out of this. Maybe I could go somewhere. Just, you know, play my cards right and be who I am. But no, lad, Pete, I, I didn't even know myself then because I was in far, that far in addiction then at that young I was just a show monkey and whatever the producers asked me to do you know why are you called Taito and I was like I made that up on the spot because I'm tight with my sweets that's what they said in school and I made that up you know just just something quirky and just something quick you know I went with the motion so when the audition come out and I was all they called me Taito because I'm tight with my sweets and I was boxing against the camera you know, I played up to that, what they wanted me to do. And I got through, but Simon seen, you know, he knew he's not ready. He doesn't, you know what I mean? He's not being serious. Let me stop you there. So yeah. you've done the telly. Yeah. What was the reaction like in Liverpool to you? I was Because when you were doing that, the figures were ridiculous. I mean, it was so many people watching. Yeah. You know, it went off after a while, but you were right in the prime days. So what was it like walking around town? Oh, I was crazy. I was 17 and um, and all I was doing, mate, was just going around St John's because I was still in college then, Liverpool Community College, doing acting. Um, and I'd come from Hugh Bay College. But by the time it landed on TV... I'd already enrolled for Liverpool Community College doing acting because I'd passed in performing arts, that's singing, dancing mm-hmm. and acting, but this is acting. Yeah, yeah. And he did about me Liverpool Community College and he said, yeah, we'd love him. Get him here, he's got something about him. But when that come on telly, this was like September, start of September. So then I was in this college and everyone was coming about, all girls, you know what I mean? Just all, and the teachers were fond of me. But I weren't really like that, all outgoing in class. I was just mellow and I loved getting into me acting work, you know, and the choreography of acting and, you know, screenwriting, that's what we used to do. We had to make up little 10 minutes, 15 minute plays in the actual, you know, the sessions yeah. to see how much, how far we could come over the, over, over the year. And it got to October and um, I'm jumping the gun here after a bit and I ended up going to juvenile um, prison, Lancaster Farms, but where did that fit into the telly? Well, it was still on telly, you know. As I, when when I went to jail, it was it was still on on telly, like my audition. And in the boot camp, it said I couldn't do my second audition because you were inside. No, no, because the way I carried on oh, when right. I was there. So that's what happened. Because yeah, I never knew that. Was, yeah, there was about. 40 of us who were just going crazy. And this was then, mate. Mm-hmm. This is how, how, not dangerous I was, but I was just living mad. I was, I weren't never a danger or nothing. And no, you're just wild. Just wild, wild, mate. Now, listen, Partying, looking, looking back now, and you've got a child, looking back now, yeah. were there no chaperones? Were there no people trying to control you in between all the takes with, with the television? There was runners... And stuff like that. Well, that was all you had. Yeah, I mean, these were like one of the first, or these were one of the first X Factors back in two thousand and seven, because it was Pop Idol before them. I think this was like the third or fourth yeah. series, so they weren't that tight on everything. Um, but 
people were just left to party. And we was, mm. you know, it was, and were it you was heavy. Were you booked for the tour after the first series? No, no. That was the second series. Yeah, yeah. The third time. Because you had problems on the, on the second series, didn't you? The second the t- series. Which we'll talk about in a second. So, you got so far, and then they wouldn't let you go any further because yeah, you were mad. a problem. How did you feel about that? Did, I, it, did you relate to it, or was it alien to you? I was thinking, well, I'm, I'm, qu- I'm quite young. I can still do something in my life, regard to singing and being someone... But I was devoured, yeah. I was on the train thinking, I've got to go home, I've got to tell everyone. I haven't, because I haven't got through, you know, all my mates, all my family. So they were all supporting you? Yeah, even back home. Yeah. You know, they all knew that I'd gone to boot camp, made up. My mum, she took me to London for two days, took me around all the theatres to watch a few shows and then give me a kiss at the train station. This is when I was 17, saying, this could be it, son. This could be you now. But... She didn't know the half of it. She knew what I was like. Well, she knew this is what I wanted to do in life. But again, once I was mingling with them other artists, yeah. you know, us creative people, we are party goers, aren't we? And you find a lot, you know, it's most of us who love partying in this type of... It is an industry that, you know, you, you are... And if you're a weak character, as in you, you're compulsive, yet yeah, you will go to a party. If it's a party, especially after you've finished a gig, what people <laughs> don't understand is when you've done a gig, you're at your highest, yeah. you know. I mean, uh, and I, I think the biggest drug ever is the show business drug. It yeah. is incredible. When you've done a set and oh. people are going crazy, nobody can explain it, can they? No, no, it's... You're on a high, aren't you? Yeah. Even after the show. Yeah. And then you start coming down a bit, don't you? When it, you get the old, depression can be terrible. That's it, mate. It, 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 You're up and down. It, it's up like down. a drug. Well, it is a drug. It's a it, rush, it's a, isn't it? Yeah. Now, from the first one, yeah, to the second one. So we're still we're just putting that to bed for a second. We've got the computer. I'm talking to Anthony from the X Factor, but also a man in his own right who's got a fantastic gig coming off at Camp and Furnace on the 16th of February, which we'll tell you about. Um, what happened in between then? I know an awful lot did happen, but can you put it into a potted history of what you did? Yeah, because you lost it. Completely, didn't you? Yeah, I was... Um, I started working... Uh, I went back on the dole and I went, I went back to... When I come come out and uh, the first X-Vector stopped, I come out to Lancaster Farms and I went to a place called Creative Training to um, do more, like, acting, dancing and, and singing. And as soon as I touched down on the streets again and started hanging around. That was it, mate. I was in that college. I was back on the door. And pff, every... Pff, most days, I was snorting cocaine and drinking. Um, smoking weed. Everyday weed smoker. Listening to rap music. You know, stuff like Jadakus, Public Enemy, NWA. Hanging around the streets. Um, committing crime. You know, become a, a sinner. And, you know, I was I was a street kid. And I'd, I'd go with... Trife characters and, and Trife crews round the city. You know, one day I could be in a party in Scotty Road, the next day I could be somewhere in Page Moss, Heighton, Broadway in Norris Green, um, Everton. And that, that's how yeah. it was, mate. I was just a city, just, just, just Brecht Road. I was walking, walking around everywhere, but I was mainly based in Bootle and I'd go from. 
by that time I was 19 and I, I dropped out of college in, in drama and me, me had a year, Paul Carmichael his name was, they seen, they knew I'd went to jail but they knew I'd been on X Factor and they phoned me mum while I was away because I enrolled for before I went away yeah, yeah. and they said look Mrs Russell as soon as he comes out get him back here we love him he's got something about him If he's, he's more than welcome to them roll here again so I did but I dropped out in March from, from September I went in 2008 and dropped out 2009 March and ended up starting work in Joseph Paz but from that gap I was snorting coke and I was living in my me, me sister's on Fieldton Road in Croxted when I started work in Joseph Paz and I had that job for about six months because it was my uncle who got me that job, Uncle Mark Jones and they loved me in Paz I'm dead talkative and it was cool with the, you know the buyers in there, they were all workies and there was a lot of banter but we got paid on a Thursday and most Fridays I wouldn't make it in and I lasted six months and then they made me redundant and then I was on the streets again for about a year still living at my dad's but I had him up the wall God God bless him and my mum and my mum and dad are really were really good to me you know my mum used to love a drink and my dad would go out every so often but my mum she's also an alcoholic who's in the fellowship AA but I was just running around the streets crazy Anthony you painted a hell of a picture Uh, I've got to ask you now because you still look tremendous. You're still a good-looking lad. Looking you, back, Pete. you're very fortunate, aren't you? Because you could have lost everything. I had a great pal who sadly died now. And he was a good-looking lad. Great mate of mine. Went down the drugs. And when, when I saw him towards the end, I didn't know who he was. Oh. You know, But you haven't changed that much. Mm-hmm. It, it, you're very lucky that way. Why do you think that is? Any ideas? Well, you know what? I... Even since school, I'd worked in car valets, I worked in the docks, um, I worked in skipyards, I worked on building sites, I worked on the railways, but I worked on the highways, British highways, but I've, I've never took crack cocaine, I've never smoked it. Well, I've sniffed cocaine, but I've never smoked crack or heroin. Now, I was, my mum and dad, this is how unfortunate. They always let me back in. I mean, I got kicked out for for like some weeks on end, but I'd always end up back in my mum's or back in my dad's. And, you know, I put them through hell, Pete. You know what? I, I used to rob my mum. Not like, give me your money. Nothing like that. But I was devious. I was an addict from a young age. And even when I started smoking weed at 11, 12, I was dipping my mum then for 20s. I was a purse for bags of weed, skunk or pot, you know. But the, the older I got, mate, like in my early 20s, when I started work, I was all in, in and out of work. But that, that's how unfortunate. My mum and dad, they always let me back in. Was there one day you said, enough's enough? Was well, there one day or was it a, 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 a time limit? Or yeah, it was, was it a time. Up, was it before the X Factor, the second time? Um, before the second time I went on X Factor, I'd been in the rooms of Alcohol Anonymous. And I knew that's where they had the answer. Or Cocaine Anonymous. The, these places were, had the answer for me, the fellowship. But at being at that age, I, I was thinking, I'm, t- I'm too young. I want to, I still want to live my life. And I was too, I was too tempted 
by the people who I was around because I was around all my mates on the streets and they come on yeah. Anthony come on have a go yeah Just, people were robbing cars and people were doing yeah, this yeah. and that so you did and people were getting money and people were in the, yeah. in the, in the pubs so was the one day you said enough's enough <sighs> enough's enough was when after I come off X Factor for the third time when I got kicked off the tour and that was in 2019 after I went to rehab for the third time. And so that was the sort of the wake-up call. Yeah. Well, stay there then. Let's go back. Yeah, so yeah. you do the audition, you went in. We, uh, If you're with us, I'm talking to Anthony about the X Factor. As I said at the beginning, Sharon Osbourne said, you've got a black eye, what happened to you? I hope he's got a black eye, whoever <laughs> did that to you. How far did you get with the X Factor second time? The, the second time I got to the judges' houses and again, like like the first time I got kicked off because I went down to the ITV doctor. When I was in boot camp for the second time, I was still an alcoholic and a drug taker. And this is 10 years from the first time. And my addictive personality went boom. You know, I was slipping around the ice, you know, the Iceland, buying booze from, from different shops in London. This is why we were in boot camp. We got put in the Hilton and... I was, I was going through the auditions. I was drinking most days. And even while he was shooting, you know what I mean? Sometimes I was under the influence, but I was getting through. And then in the space between the six-year challenge, getting through and going to the judges' houses, they asked me to go to the ITV doctor. So I went down there and I was on the train on a first-class ticket. And this was like half eight in the morning. And I saved an ale. You know, what to do with first class? Yeah, yeah. So I've put about four pint glasses in front of me. Well, the glasses, you know, them long, yeah, yeah. decent ones. And he's given me a can of can of Carlin. I'll have a can of Carlin. My family's in the other carrots there, mate. My bird will have a rosé wine, and my mum will have a rosé wine, and my dad will have a white wine. And before I've got off that train, lad, I've just yeah. nailed him. Yeah. And then got in the car, went to see the do- doctor, Blotto. And she said, if we put you on the live shows, Anthony, and you're showing up to me like this, you're already under the influence of drugs and drink. You know, you've been on a bender last night, you've just told me you've been on the aisle, yeah. on, on the train. It was half seven when you got on that train. We can't trust you coming on these live shows. But she never said I was out. The producers phoned me and said, you've been down to the, the doctor, drunk, you know. We, we can't let you go, so, go So they got rid of you there. Yeah. But then put you on the tour. No, now, the, I come back after that a year later. Oh, you came back he- <laughs> because yeah, yeah. Louis no one's Thomas. had this many chances. I know, I know. Sorry, can you believe it? Exactly, and this is where I'm fortunate, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm so. so grateful. I didn't realise you came back again. Yeah, yeah. Louis, <laughs> Louis Tomlinson got in, in touch with me, didn't he? And wanted to help me, and he put me in rehab, in the space yeah. of the the, the third time. They must have back. really believed in you. Yeah, yeah. They must have really believed. So you had another break, had then break. you went on the tour, yeah. and then you screwed up on the tour. I screwed up on the tour, Pete, again. And this was after I'd been to rehab three times. Tell you me, see, did you ever sit down ever with Simon Cowell, ever, and have a conversation about this? Or was he uh, uh, there and you were here? Yeah, yeah, that was how it was. But every time I met Simon, he was not on board proper love for me mm-hmm. and you know I've got the deepest respect for him and and, and Louis Tomlinson what what they done for me yeah. you know they, 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 they helped me three times I just couldn't get sober I just I did mm-hmm. you can have being an addict and an alcoholic Pete you can have anything in front of you 
But if you don't want to get sober, yeah, yeah, you know, it could be world tours, it could be being on television and singing in front of ten million each week. You're still gonna mess it up because you don't want to get well. So after you, know? you lost the tour, yeah, I went. I went on tour. I yeah. done about twelve, twelve venues, and these were sold out arenas. And I was coming first. I come first on about nine of them, you know. Second at Birmingham Arena, second at Wembley, first at Bournemouth Arena, first at Leeds Arena, Nottingham Arena, Newcastle first Arena, of all, Manchester love you, Arena. But also love your talent, mm. and they can relate because you're just an ordinary guy mm. who's a, got something, a gift. So yeah. was a when were you shocked when they t- took you off the tour? No. No. <laughs> you've had all the you've had all these chances I on up. a huge I said, tour. I said it's I'm winning shows and I'm still off my cake here. Yeah. And the tour manager went, I don't care. It's a kids show. Yeah. Yeah. Look, yeah. look how much we've helped you. You're not going on tour like that. Yeah. I said, but I'm, do, I'm doing. We're doing the Echo Arena next. I said no, you won't be, mate. The doors are closed. If you're on tour with guns and noses, maybe. You, look, look, the doors are closed. Look, it's not going anywhere. So you missed you? the Echo Arena? Yeah, yeah. That's and sad. Yeah. That's sad. Was... But then, did you realise what you've had and that's when you started to think, I need help? Yeah, well, c- coming home and seeing my daughter, she's getting older now. She was born in 2015 and it's now 2019, so she's four and she's getting onto things. And I'm, I'm around her daughter's mum, I'm around my family, I'm in the papers, anti-Russell cocaine shame. And it also blows it again. Oh, the papers went to town on you. That's it. Absolutely to town on you. That's it. I'm rightly so. So, I I thought I've got to go back to fellowship now. I've got to find myself, and I've got to dig deep, and I've got to try and get well, and live. Because and I got you paid. Have, still got yeah, paid. Yeah. Full. Yeah. They said, look, we can put you back in rehab and help you if you want it. And I said, no, I'm just going to go back home. And in my head, then I thought, I'm just going to go to town now. I've had my exposure. I'm just going to go partying. But then two of my friends come and got me. And I said to them, look, I need a meeting. So I stayed in theirs. I watched Halloween that night, you know, with Michael Myers. Dun, 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 dun. And I was like, dead anxious. <laughs> the tour was still going. The tour was still going. And then papers were going, where's that needle? So, you know what I mean? And then I put on my Instagram, I cannot make the tours no more. You know, I've had to withdraw from the tour, personal issues, and then that's when the papers yeah. just said, yeah. "Bump, yeah. cocaine shame." No, 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 no. See, my daughter, my family, and everyone was looking at me. I was walking in the streets. You fuck, you've messed it up again, aren't you? You know what I mean? These are own mm-hmm. old friends of mine saying, "Lad, you messed it up again, lad." So what are you doing around here? You've just been in London, there. You know what I mean? You've just been in. So in fact, they went with you all through the journey. Yeah. But then even at the end, they'd had enough. Yeah, yeah. They'd seen that you, enough, Anthony. Nobody's had the breaks you've had. So all of a sudden, the lads that you were going round with were starting to say, "Enough's enough." Yeah. Well, some of them would help them, you know, because some of them have been day yeah. one of friends, and they always want the best for me. So people saying, "Oh, you can just get back yeah. up there, lad. Just get yourself together." You know what I mean? Because. Some of them knew the way I was. I was an everyday drinker who just wanted to binge. I didn't care about anything. And that was at the space I was then. My ego was everywhere. And seeing people who, who had known all my life were saying, oh, you've messed it up again, lad. What are you going to do now? So then I went back to recovery. I went back to fellowship from when I went to my first AA meeting when I was 19. I was 29 now, 10 years later. I thought, I've got to find myself. So I started going to... 
fellowship again. And I'd done 90 meetings in 90 days. I was going to two meetings a day. You know, the X Factor paid me out in full. And I was getting taxis down the city. You know, I was going to meetings over the water. But my ego was still rife, you know. I was going with girls most weekends. Not girls who drank. Just going with girls sleeping around still. And that's the type of character I was. And after 11 months of staying sober, I went and chilled with a girl who was a dentist. And I fell off the wagon. I ended up having a cocaine binge with her and a drink. You know, we got it on, we had sex. And then I said, what do you want to do, girl? She was having a wine. We're watching that American gangster on the telly, by the way, Pete. At this. I said, what are you on there, girl? She said, I'm just f- finishing this wine. I've got JD in that downstairs. I went, yeah. I thought, I'm just going to have a little drink, girl. And she went, oh, you're 11 months, don't hands. And I was thinking, I've got my year share. Because when you're a year in sobriety, you get to do a main share. Your experience, strength and hope, it's called. You know, in front of other addicts to, to, to give inspiration. And I had... I had one sip, Pete, and I said to her, who does it round here, girl? I want five bags of cocaine, five thirty bags. I had 230 quid in my pocket. And then I was on the cocaine all night with her. And then that binge lasted for about 28 hours, something like that. And then I went back to see my sponsor again. Who's my sponsor now? Lovely fella. Love all his family to bits. He's now helped me from that day, even from when I was a kid, 19, and I'm, I'm three years sober on the 1st of February, 2023. I'm going to get my third year chip in about a week. Listen, we're going to put the drugs to bed now. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. you've been incredibly honest. Just let's finish off by saying, because there'll be people out there saying, but he's blowing money, he's doing this and doing... Is there any way you can explain the addiction in a nutshell? how difficult it is to give up everything. Um, if you want to drink, everyone in the world won't be able to stop you. But if you don't want to drink, no one in the world can make you. So that means... It's either that or that. Yeah. It's nothing in between. You've, you, yeah, yeah, you've got to want to do it yeah. and, and, and get sober. I got paid, I mean, I got put in rehab three times and these were high rehabs. You know what I mean? I'm not saying classy ones. Low, low no, rehabs, no, no, but rehabs. Yeah. You know, any rehab even, can yeah. work. If Na- you want. Named rehabs that yeah. famous people would be going to as well. That's yeah. it. Yeah. But I didn't want it. I had people who yeah. wanted to help me change my but you life. You just didn't want to. No, yeah. I was, I was, I was that much lost in addiction, and this was from when I was 12, 13, because I was drinking on the streets, and it was the person I'd become. Yeah. And if it was raining outside, Pete, like let's have a drink. If it was a Monday morning, I had seven quid on me. Right, let's go and get some cans from the shop. You know, if I, I didn't yeah. have a job, you know, and I was with my mates and we had 20 quid, I was getting a bag of Charlie and a father worth of cans of ale, which was eight cans. And yeah. then I was doing stuff on the streets then to try and fund it. But you've got, you've got to want to do it. Yeah. And there's lots of help out there, you know. You know, f- fellowship is, is around, you know, just, just, just... Ask about or ask friends who you know who are in recovery. Mm. If you've got a problem, don't worry. Just, you know, just just see who can help you. Yeah. And this is, I mean, I'm talking about any do- any doctors or anything or people who you know are in the fellowship. If you think you've got a problem, just approach a friend who can help you, who you know of. Anthony Russell, that's fantastic. 
Music is your life. Tell us all about the 16th of February. What is this all about? This is an exciting time, isn't it, for you? This is, mate. I mean, you know, since getting myself together, I've been writing hard, you know, over these three years of getting sober. I've had to make sure I'm, I'm in a place of, of doing well before I got into this again. And I've, I've been writing mad. I've got material enough for, like, three albums, but this first album, By the River, um, I actually written and recorded it with Christopher Griffiths out of The Real People. You know, Tony Griffiths mm-hmm. um, and Christopher Griffiths and Pat O'Shaughnessy. We recorded this in The Real Studio over in Birkenhead. Um, we done demos in Par Street and the Motor Museum, but the 16th of February is where that's when I'm going to be doing my album launch at the Camp of Venus. And I can't wait, mate, the tickets are going great. I've sold just over 500 tickets now, 800 capacity. And, you know, it's it's a... I can't wait, I feel so grateful. Just Are you excited get, about the album? Yeah, make the albums, you know, it's full of soul, indie. It's an indie soul album, and it is talking about real situations in everyday life and getting over these hardships in life. You know, it's called By The River, River Mersey, obviously, and in the city. And it's got songs in there that's getting through the hardship and addiction type of lifestyle, mate. Now, the actual gig, when you yeah. launch the, the album, is there going to be a band? Yeah, there's three. There's Louis Smith, Forever Young Graves. He's going to be performing as a special guest. We've also got Ellis Murphy and his band, who are going to be performing on the night, doing their own material, and then Fiona Lennon and her band, and then I'm going to be coming on doing a few songs of what I've already released and then I'm going to perform the album for the album launch. And, um, yeah, there's about 17 songs we'll be performing. It's it's all original material, raw, and uh, we can't wait to blow the roof off the place. We're going to light it up. You know, it's going to be epic. It must be weird having an album, just the word album, because, of course, vinyl is coming back in a big, big way. Music is coming back in a big, big way. Not yeah. that it's gone anywhere... How do you describe your style of singing? My style of singing is a range. Um, I mean, I love singing blues and jazz, but this is like I'm I'm an indie soul artist now. That that's that's what I class myself as, and you know I love singing to acoustic acoustic guitars. But with this full band around me, it's like a six piece band. We've got backing singers in the band. We've got keys, bass. Rhythm guitar, lead guitar, drums, and you know, yeah. violins. Wow! Yeah, we're like the new Earth, Wind and Fire. <laughs> no, but one I can't the, wait. One of the greatest bands in the world for me. <laughs> Earth, Wind and Fire, the September album, one of my favourite albums of the whole time I've been in the music industry. Wow! Wow! That, and you that's seen an hour and a half. I did indeed, oh, Manchester. That's, that's I did that. indeed. They were tremendous. They came down in a spaceship. Yeah. And went up in a space. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The costumes that they have. Boss, isn't it? Outrageous. Outrageous. Yeah. What do you Amazing. want? What's, what's the future for you now? Well, I want to be getting onto festivals. You know, I want to be doing big events. I want to be supporting bigger artists than me um, that are on the scene to get me back out there on the scene. You know, I'm writing my own material now and there's no there's no rules in songwriting. You know, I might, you know, I like to say... My material's real as fuck, you know. Judge me by my music, you know, not by what I've done. Yeah. I, I want to be. That's a nice thing to say. We all deserve 
I was going to say, the second chance, yeah. this is about the fifth one for you, isn't it? <laughs> Nine lives, let's go. Nine, you've got about three left. Three yeah. left. But no, no, that, you're right, you should judge on, on, on what it is. And you mentioned Amy Winehouse, the problem she had. I was in London this week, and they're making the film. Uh, yeah, they're making their life story, and they were at Ronnie Scott's in Soho, and I was watching. Michelle so Keegan is playing. She had yep. Michelle Keegan, yeah. yeah. She's playing Amy Winehouse. That but look at everything. there. There's a woman that you've got to judge by her music, not yeah. by her lifestyle. So, and there's been One a of lot. The best ever. Labby, I was going to say Labby Siffrey. Sorry, Labby, Labby. I didn't mean Labby. I meant Joe Cocker. Joe Cocker. Joe Cocker. Amazing. I interviewed Joe Cocker here yeah. in Liverpool. He didn't even know what country he was in. He was in such a bad state. I'll never was ever he? forget that interview. He hadn't a clue who I was. He hadn't a clue what he was doing. But what came out of it, which is sad that. The drug thing, and I hope, and I really mean this, Anthony, I hope you never, ever, ever, ever go back to it in any shape or form because you've got a lot to offer. Thank you so much. I'm living one day at a time, Pete. I, d- I don't project. Which is what alcoholics do, don't they? Yeah, One yeah, day yeah. at a time. One day at a time. I don't project like, oh, what is it when I'm at this party in a week's time? Who's going to be there? Yeah. I don't think of no. it. I just turn up and I do my show and I go home and I chill with my missus and I have coffee, I have a biscuit, or we order some food, and that's my party. I have my party on the stage, I perform. That's what I love to do. I've done it all my life. That's what I'm about. I've been put on the surf to do that, and I'm fortunate to find sobriety and being able to go back and do that, you know, and it's a beautiful thing. Life's a beautiful thing. And there's some tickets left for the yeah. 16th of February. Come Camp and Furnace, if you've never been, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, it is one of my favourite venues in the world. Wow. The whole of that area opened up because of Camp and Furnace. Sick, Without yeah. that, it wouldn't have happened. Baltic Triangle, isn't it? To finish off, and the album, will they be able to get the album online? Yeah, the album will be on all major platforms, so you'll be able to download it from the 10th of February, that's when it comes out, by the river, Anthony Russell, and then the actual... Album launch will be held at Camp and Fairness and you can get tickets on my website, ampnussellco.uk or any one of my social medias, Ampnussell Music on Instagram. There's a skill ticket link there on all my bios, mm. on all my social medias and you can just go on there and purchase them for 16.50. To finish it. off, um, a little bit of advice shortly to tell parents who'll be listening, kids who'll be listening... Drugs and alcohol aren't funny, are they? No, even, uh, you know, there's, the drugs and drink are so mainstream now that every, everyone from every walk of life are doing them and they're messing up lives, you know, and, you know, drinks sold on every corner shop. You know, legitimate drugs are sold in chemists that lead, that gateway drugs, but onto other things. But it's even for, like... Experimenting, it's 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 not for the kids, no. not for this day and age, because you get mixed up into too much, and before you know it, it's got a grip here, and you know it took me for like sixteen years. Yeah, you know, Anthony, what's the album called again? By the River, Anthony Russell. Sixteenth of February. Sixteenth of February. Be cool. Thank At you, Camp and Furnace. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Pete. It's an honour. Thank you. And if you enjoy that, we've got some great podcasts. Why not just subscribe? It's free.